0: Will you turn with me please to the scriptures to the very first psalm, psalm number one. Psalm one please. There's only six verses so we'll read the psalm in its entirety this morning. Psalm one verse one. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his word this morning in public. Let's just by another word of prayer. Father, this morning, we thank you again for Matthew and Rebecca to bring baby Edie this morning to be dedicated Onto thee. We thank you for all who have come this morning, family and friends. We thank you, Lord, for our church family here this morning. Lord, we pray for the children who are now away to Children's Church and for the leaders, the teachers there. Pray for the little ones, the, the babies, and all who will look after them there in the crash pray for those Lord who are watching live pray for those who will watch this later we ask you Father that your word which is not bound will reach every heart into every life we pray Father that you would speak by your spirit and your word the only way that I know how, Father, is to you. Bring it, that you would lead me in it. And so, Father, I ask you, anoint my lips. Touch them, as it were, like you did Isaiah with the life coal from off the altar. Speak into our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious blood. Seal us in your presence and speak to each and every one of us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. This morning I just want to speak on the subject, the prosperous and the blessed man, or the prosperous and the blessed woman, the prosperous and the blessed man. The first Psalm of 150 sounds, as we have read this morning, has a lot to say. We'll look at it in a moment. But during the dedication and coming up the date, and we arranged with uh, Matthew and Rebecca to bring Edie for to bring her on to the Lord this morning, present her before God. I thought of her name, and I looked it up, and pondered over it, and Edie is a shortened version of Edith. But I look further still, and the name Edie or Edith comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word, Edgith, Edgith. It's Ed, E-A-D, and Gith, G-T-H, Edgith. Ed would mean wealth, to be blessed, And it gives the idea of one who is prosperous. Gith means strive, it means war or warfare, and it gives the idea to do battle. And hence, Edith, from where Edie comes from, it really means fighting to be rich. So I thought about this this morning, or for this morning. And when I thought about it much, I I, I pondered over it and I thought I, I could speak on her second name being Grace, but how many times have we spoken Grace and we mentioned Grace all the time? So I thought, what about blessed? Let's look at the word blessed this morning. And so Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 1 opens up six short verses. It opens up the 150 Psalms, and it's very profound. It, 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 there's something in it that sort of, it's like a gateway as a warning before we enter into the rest of the Psalms. I believe the Holy Spirit has laid it there and inspired it to be there for a purpose and for a special reason. It's known as part of the wisdom literature of the Scriptures. Psalms are filled with many ups and downs and highs and lows and mountains and valleys. But throughout the Psalms, they are accompanied and they are crowned with accomplished songs and prayers of worship from David, Asaph, Haman, from the sons of Korah, from Solomon, Moses, Ethan, the Ezraite, and others we're not too sure of who they are. They were written over a period of 1,000 years, showing and proving that they are written by authors, yes, but they are under the influence and the divine direction of the Holy Spirit of God. The Psalms show the humanness. I think that's why they're rare. That's why many Christians especially turn to them. That shows the humanness and the humanity, the weakness and the frailty of every frame which we all reside in and traverse this life. This frame shows our daily travailing and weakness of the flesh and heart And of the mind, right throughout, we see them going into mountain experiences and valley experiences. All manner of things are happening throughout the Psalms. Even the greatest of them, listen, the best of men are only men at their best. And even the psalmists find that out. Even David himself, the king of Israel, the Psalmist, the anointed, sweet singer of Israel, finds that he, even he being looked at as the best as it were only is as a man of his best fallen man fallen woman has no hope of heaven while we rest upon our own power or while one trusts in his own strength nor places his eternal welfare within the keeping of even church ordinance and ritual. Going through the Psalms, we go through many different circumstances, as I said, and we go through also history of humanity, showing that human beings don't change. Outside of salvation, outside of the Word of God, human beings don't change because we're in our depraved fallen state. And throughout the Psalms, we go throughout history, but we are brought to reality. I want you to think about this as I thought about it. We go through history, but we are brought to reality. The reality of every person in here this morning, including this man. We all have our weaknesses and our waywardness. We all have a flesh of flesh body it's frail and that would wander far from God, even those of us who profess to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, we are brought to reality. This word, friends, this morning, brothers and sisters, this word is alive. The Psalms are still speaking because The word of God is ever living. But the Psalms are still speaking even though they're in the Old Testament because you and I still need them. Because you and I still need them. Look, there are few people who do not find solace of some sort, even the unsaved. Even those who do not know the Lord as their own Lord and personal saviour. They find some sort of solace at the loss of a loved one. And who doesn't turn to Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When it's read at a funeral, when it's carved into a headstone, or printed on an order of service, Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. Even the unsaved find some sort of solace in the thought, even if their thinking is wrong, about salvation. They find some sort of solace. The Lord is my shepherd, they might read on the order of service. But here's the thing: Was the Lord his shepherd, her shepherd, in this life? Is the Lord your shepherd? Remember, some solace is brought to our mind. It's not the same. I want you to get this now. Some solace to our mind is not the same as salvation's assurance to our hearts. This morning, if you don't know the Savior, you look at it and you think, the Lord is my shepherd, for example. And you look at it and you get some sort of solace at the the funeral service or maybe you're going through some sort of trial. It's good you find solace. Solace of your mind and thinking, not knowing the Savior, is not the same as salvation's assurance in the hearts of those who have trusted Christ. Jesus said himself in John 10 and verse 27, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. Pardon me, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You're thinking, the Lord is my shepherd, and you get a relief of mind. but Christ says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I ask you this morning, is he your shepherd? Have you heard his voice, the calling of salvation? Do you follow him? I'm not talking about do you go to church. I'm asking you, do you know and do you follow? Do you hear the shepherd's voice? So Psalm 1 starts the reader, the hearer, off without any illusions. It presents the way of righteousness and the way of the ungodly. Psalm 1 verse 6 closes with this. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to read that again for someone here this morning. Someone may be watching or for someone's ear and heart this morning. Verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now let me clear up who is righteous. The Lord Jesus Christ alone is righteous, but his righteousness, even as we heard around the table, has been imputed unto those who have come by faith to Calvary. It's been imputed to me and to other believers. Not percent perfect, but 100% forgiven. In other words, he took my sin and sorrow and he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone as a the, the hymn writer said, He paid your debt and mine to its fullness. When we trust in all that Christ has done, when we look at Calvary and see the blood that we've been singing about, praising Him for, and worshiping Him over, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied, it said. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white morning we can say with a confidence in Christ, glorying in the Lord, glorying in His cross, glorying in Jesus alone, we can say as believers who have placed our full trust in Him that we are washed white, we are forgiven of our sins, we are born again of His Spirit, sealed unto the day of redemption, and that we are His and He is ours. Brothers and sisters, this morning, we don't glory in anything that we have done. We cannot glory in anything we could ever achieve. But all of our glory must be in the finished work, the completed work of our Lord Jesus Christ when he bled and died on Calvary's tree. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Friend, this morning, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Notice, the righteous are those who have placed their trust in him. The righteous are those who have had their sins forgiven. I did not say, the Lord knoweth the ways. He knows the ways of all. It means that he watches over every step of it. Talking about those who are righteous in Christ. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And hence Psalm 1 starts off the book of the Psalms of 150 Psalms of two types of people. Two types of people. The righteous and the ungodly. Or the saved and the perishing. The righteous and the ungodly. The saved or the perishing. Can I ask you this morning, friend, what group are you in as you sit in your seat this morning? Are you among those who have placed their full trust and hope in Jesus alone for their salvation? Leaning on only the blood that he shed. Or are you still with the ungodly? You might say, well, I'm not that bad. Well, listen, the ungodly means here those who have not even had respect enough for God to the worst deep dyed sinner. The ungodly are those who are in a body of flesh like we all are, yet unsaved and in their sin. Which group would you be in, the saved or the perishing this morning? Psalm 1 starts off with blessed, with a blessing. The Psalms kick off with the first word, blessed or blessed, is the man. Notice this, blessed. See the word blessed? It's a little word, esher, esher. And there's a, a word that comes from it. And and, and it's the word asher. They're very, very closely linked together. And asher gives the idea of to be straight. To be straight or to be right. Upright and straight. It's the idea of this. And the psalmist is saying, blessed or straight and upright is the man or the woman. And that sure means, it gives the idea of happiness, contentment. Gives the idea of, of assurance and blessedness that comes into the heart of those who are in right standing, as it were, straight up with God. In right standing. Blessed is the man and woman. The blessedness of them. It's plural. And it gives the idea, oh, The blessed heart of men and women. Oh, the blessedness of them. Who don't walk this way, but walk following the shepherd. Notice here. It gives the idea of assurance and blessedness in the heart and life of a man or woman when he or she are not only in right standing with God, but walking in the ways of the Lord. That's why sometimes Christians find And feel and think that the blessing of God has left them, but the blessing of God has never left you. You have left the blessing of God because you have walked away from His ways. That's the difference. To the church this morning, we wonder why at times we we sense we we wonder in our minds: Has God left me as a church? It's impossible for God to leave you. Do you know that, church? God says himself, the Lord Jesus even says, that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He says, though I am with thee always unto the end of the world or unto the end of the age, I'll be with you. My spirit shall be with you. God says to Israel that he would live in his people and walk in them. By the power of the spirit, he lives in you and he walks in you. So God cannot leave you because He said He would not leave you. But you and I in our heart and mind can leave Him. Notice this, if you will. It means those who are walking in the ways of the Lord. Note the psalmist isn't saying, Blessed is the man who is the psalmist, or we would have nothing to say this morning. He's not saying, blessed is the man, David, the king of Israel, although he was, or we would have nothing to add this morning. It's for David. He's not even saying, blessed is the greatest singer of Israel, the psalmist, this morning. Because then it would be his and his alone, his blessing, and we would wonder if there's a blessing left for us. But he's not saying that. The Spirit of God through him is opening it up, and he's saying, blessed is the man who walketh not after the counsel of the ungodly. And he goes on into the psalm. So this morning, has your heart gone cold, Christian? As your heart went weary this morning, Christian. As the joy left your walk this morning. Well, this blessedness is still for you. But you have left the blessedness of God. Blessing starts when a man or a woman is right with God. And he knows it and she knows it. They're assured in it and content with it. And hence our lack of contentment in God, even our lack of faithfulness to God, is because we have walked away. God does not change. We do. You and I do. I I looked at this word, Esher or Asher. They're very, very closely linked, straight up and right. The happy and blessedness. And I wondered how they married, as it were, together. And I found this example. When walking or driving and you feel the sense of being lost, you see a sign or a landmark suddenly which points you in the right direction. The word there would be the ashar. It points you in the ashar, the right direction. It means and gives the idea then we then see, feel, and we sense the relief it brings. That's the Escher. You're driving somewhere and you're lost. And you get frustrated sometimes. You don't know where you are if you're like me. Sometimes I'd be driving and my mind would be somewhere else. And it wasn't so long ago I was driving down the M1. Mine my mind was way somewhere else and it was meant to cut off at Moyer Roundabout. And it ended up in Belfast. And I had to turn around and come back up the motorway again. Heads all over the place. And suddenly, but when you're lost and you see the road, you see the sign, that's the assure, that's the straight line. Here it is. This is the way. Walkie in it. Here it is. And the word of God is like the assure, It keeps us upright and straight. No, no, child of God, not to the left nor to the right, but this is the way, walk ye in it. Keeps us on the right path, the right way, walking closely and in fellowship, rebuking us, convicting us, and convincing us, compelling us, encouraging us, edifying us. Keeps us right before God. But the relief when you're out and you're lost... Here's the sign. That's where we're going. That relief is the essure. That's the sense of immediate relief of the heart and the mind. And that's the blessedness of the man or woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, you know what telling me? Your company matters. And that's why many have lost the blessing of the Lord. That's why many are unaware of the closeness of Christ. That's why many are cold in heart. Not only have you walked away from the Lord, but you have filled your life with other people, other things, and they're negative. Maybe bitter in their heart. Always running people down. Godless. Maybe unsaved. And there is the pollution. Even in your workplace, you have to work with people. That's the pollution of the heart. In your workplace, the pollution of the mind. Brothers and sisters, it's only when we come to the Word of God that we find the cleansing of the Word. Cleansing of the mind and heart in the Word of God. I must round this up. Thank you for your attention. We walk not, we stand not, and we sit not in the counsel of the ungodly and so on. And When we walk a less travelled road, this walk that you and I are on, Christian, is a, a less travelled road, so to speak. The world is walking a different road, but as a Christian it's a less travelled road. But it's a prosperous road and it's a blessed road. Matthew seven verses thirteen and fourteen says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life. And few there be that findeth. The Lord Jesus is even telling us this morning that this road is a road that you must be focused on and fixed on in our walk with Christ. Especially today when there's so much out there to entice. So much out there to lure and to draw away. So much there to pollute our hearts and to pollute our minds that this road that we walk there's a straight gate Calvary is a straight gate it means a, a, the, the word straight here it's a word there and it means a narrow tight gate or one that someone can even, like you're, you're getting it tight it's like distress it's the idea of the crushing of grapes even and Calvary is such as that, because it's only there in all of time and eternity in the universe and every country and planet and it's only there at that place. And not only at that place, it's on that hill. and not only on that hill, but on that cross and not that cross, but that man, it's just there of all of time and of all of eternity regardless of race and religion and so on, of kings and queens and prime ministers and presidents and so on, regardless of them all, it's only here. At this cross, this man, in the center of three, it's only there's the straight gate, and it's so narrow as such, it's, it's so straight, it's so tight that it's the one and only way for salvation. Not one among others. One, one among some or many. Just Christ. Just His cross work. The, through the blood that He shed. Here and here alone. Just there. That's how straight and tight it is. And many would even try as it were to think they can press on in. But it's just at Calvary. And yet all who come All who come to God through Christ trusting in Calvary. Yet it's wide enough to let all who would come unto him in. It's a narrow way in the sense it's a sanctified walk. The pastor spoke it around the table this morning. Sanctified and we're set apart and in the world in which we live it's a world that's going to hell in a handcart to put it briefly. It's a world that's getting worse and depraved. And the Christian is to still toe the line. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. All other voices are screaming at us. Screaming words of hatred and abuse and screaming of other things and different ideologies. They come from every direction and every angle. They press us like grapes, as it were, but yet we still remain sanctified By the Spirit of God and the blood of the Lamb. It's a narrow way. And the broad road means that there are those on this broad road. I was on the broad road once, and so were you. The teams of humanity, men and women, teams of them, the millions of them, every street. Every town, every village. And you see people walking about, going to do their day and daily duties, stuck in traffic jams, sitting on buses, all on the broad road that leads to destruction. Brothers and sisters, we must stay close to the shepherd and we will receive and know our blessing in this ungodly world. i finish with this. Thank you for your attention. Psalm 1 and verse 3 tells us of the man and woman who are following the word, following the voice of the shepherd through the word, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Notice the personal note in this verse. He shall be. Notice his fruit. His leaf. Whatsoever he doeth. It's a personal walk. It's a personal faith. See the word prosper? We think of prosper today, and all you hear in church circles is prosperity. Afflict on one of those. don't usually watch them too often, but flicked on one of those Christian channels the other day, and there was a man sitting there saying, "The Lord's telling me that someone gives a seed, sows a seed of a thousand dollars. He's speaking to you right now. Sow your seed of a thousand dollars, and you're." He, he went ranting on about blessing and healing and help and so forth, and I wish I could have said to him personally that he was a A liar and a false prophet. Does God prosper his people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Someone once says he changes orange boxes into furniture. Used to sit in an empty room in orange boxes, and when the Lord came into their life, they were able to afford furniture and the blessing of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did the Lord bless my life? Absolutely. And he continues to every day. Absolutely. The blessing here and the prosperity in verse 3 is not that sort of prosperity. The word prosper is the word salach. Salach. And it means, in this verse anyhow, it means to bring success to work good from the bad. In other words, we're always going to come up against it. We will lose loved ones like the unsaved lose loved ones. We will find difficult days come like the unsaved find difficult days come. We will live a life like they live a life only separated and sanctified unto God. For worse, But the word here gives the idea that knowing that we're walking with God we know that he will bring good out of this. We know that he will bless us in it and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. When I thought about this it made me think. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know all things Work together for good. To them that love God. To those who are the call. According to his purpose. The psalmist is saying, Oh, the blessednesses of being upright, knowing I'm in a right condition, state with God. Knowing that I am walking with him, meditating on his word, his law day and night. And all of a sudden his fruit and his season comes her fruit and her season comes and the blessing comes and pours forth And whenever we hit the hard times we know that God will turn them into good how does he do it because sometimes are so horrible and hard i don't know what he does and he will Matthew, Rebecca, and Edie, God bless you this morning. Lord, keep you. And I was thinking on the name. And I thought, fighting for riches, but that's not her whole name. Because Edie, Edgeth is where it comes from. And it means wealth, blessing, and prosperity. And may she and you know wealth, blessings, and prosperity all the days of your life. May God bless you.